Chapter six of Elsie's Womanhood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jen Raimundo. Elsie's Womanhood by Martha Finley. Chapter six. Wilt thou draw near the nature of the gods? Draw near them then in being merciful. Sweet mercy is nobility's true badge. Shakespeare. "'Papa, it seems an earthly paradise,' said Elsie, "'and like a dream that I have seen all before.' "'A dream that was the reality, and it is all your own, my darling,' he answered with a proud, fond look into the bright, animated face, keenly enjoying her pleasure. "'But what—what what is going on there?' she asked, gazing intently in the direction of the negro quarter, where a large crowd of them, probably all belonging to the plantation, were assembled." At that instant something rose in the air and descended again, and a wild shriek, a woman's wail of agony, rent the air. Elsie flew over the ground as though she had been a winged creature, her father having to exert himself to keep pace with her. But the whip had descended again and again, another and another of those wild shrieks testifying to the sharpness of its sting, ere they were near enough to interfere. So taken up with the excitement of the revolting scene were all present, that the landing and the approach of our friends had not been observed until Elsie, nearing the edge of the crowd, called out in a voice of authority and indignation, "'Stop! Not another blow!' The crowd parted, showing a middle-aged negress stripped to the waist and tied to a whipping-post, writhing and sobbing with pain and terror, while the white man stood over her with a horsewhip in his uplifted hand, stayed in mid-air by the sudden appearance of those in authority over him. "'How dare you! How dare you!' cried Elsie, stamping her foot and drawing a long, sobbing breath. "'Take her down this instant!' "'Mr. Spriggs, what is the meaning of this?' asked Mr. Dinsmore, in tones of calm displeasure. "'Did I not forbid all cruel punishment on this estate?' "'I've got to make em work. I'm bound they shall, and nothing but the whip'll do it with this lazy wretch,' muttered Spriggs, dropping his whip and stepping back a little, while two stalwart fellows obeyed Elsie's order to take the woman down, in a murmur at the same time running from lip to lip. "'It's Mars Dinsmore and our young missus.' Elsie shuddered and wept at the sight of the bleeding back and shoulders. "'Cover her up quickly, and take her away where she can lie down and rest,' she said to the women who were crowding round to greet and welcome herself." I will speak to you all afterwards. I'm glad to be here among you. Then, leaning over the sufferer for an instant, with fast-dropping tears, Be comforted, she said, in tones of gentle compassion. You shall never have to endure this again. Come, daughter, speak to these eager people, and let us go into the house, said Mr. Dinsmore. Yes, papa, in one moment. Drawing herself up to her full height, and flashing one look of scorn and indignation out of her dark eyes upon the crestfallen sprigs, she addressed him with the air of a queen. "'You, sir, will meet me in the library at eight o'clock this evening.' Turning to the men, "'Dig up that post, and split it into kindling wood for the kitchen fire.' Her father, while shaking hands with the blacks, speaking a kindly word to each, regarded her with mingled curiosity and admiration. Thoroughly acquainted with his child as he had believed himself to be, he now saw her in a new character. She took his arm, and he felt that she was trembling very much. He supported her tenderly, while the women flocked about them, eagerly welcoming her to Viamede, kissing her hand and declaring with tears in her eyes that it was just their dear dead young missus come back to them like a beautiful white angel. The first who claimed her attention introduced herself as Aunt Phyllis the housekeeper, and I's got everything ready for you, honey, the beds is air, the fire's laid in the drawing room, and library and sleeping rooms and the pantry full of the nicest things this child and old Aunt Sally know how to cook, and I sent Jack right to the house to start the fires the first minute these old eyes catch sight of the master and young missus, and knows they hair. "'My dear child, all this is quite too much for you,' said Mr. Dinsmore, attempting to draw his daughter away. 
"'Just a moment, Papa, please,' she answered in a slightly unsteady voice. "'Let me speak to them all.' He yielded, but cut short the garrulity of some who would have liked to mingle reminiscence of her babyhood with their rejoicing over her return, telling them they must reserve such communication for a more suitable time, as their young mistress was faint and weary, and must have rest.' The appearance of Chloe and her recovered husband upon the scene now created a diversion in their favour, and he presently succeeded in leading Elsie to the house. A young mulatto girl followed them into the drawing-room, where a bright wood-fire was blazing on the hearth, asking if she could take Miss Elsie's things. "'Yes,' Mr. Dinsmore said, removing his daughter's hat and shawl, and handing them to her. She left the room, and taking Elsie in his arms, and gently laying her head upon his breast, "'Let the tears have their way, darling,' he said. "'It will do you good.' For several minutes the tears came in floods. "'Oh, Papa,' she sobbed, "'to think that my people, my poor people, should be so served. It must never, never be again.' "'No,' he said, "'and we will find means to prevent it. There, you feel better now, do you not?' "'Yes, sir. Papa, dear, welcome, welcome to my house, the dearest guest that could come to it.' And wiping away her tears, she lifted her loving eyes to his, a tender smile playing about the sweet lips." save one he answered half playfully passing his hand caressingly over her hair and bending down to press his lips on brow and cheeks and mouth is not that so no my own dear father save none with a charming blush but eyes looking steadily into his when he comes it shall be as master not guest but now tell me please what can i do with this spriggs i should like to pay him a month's wages in advance and start him off early to-morrow morning mr dinsmore shook his head gravely it would not do my child the sugar-making season will shortly begin he understands the business thoroughly we could not supply his place at a moment's notice or probably in a number of months and the whole crop would be lost we must not be hasty or rash but remember the bible command let your moderation be known unto all men nor should we allow ourselves to judge the man too hardly too hardly papa too hardly when he has shown himself so cruel but i beg pardon for interrupting you yes too hardly daughter he is a new englander used to see every one about him working with steady persevering industry and the indolent dawdling ways of the blacks which we take as a matter of course are exceedingly trying to him i think he has been very faithful to your interests and that probably his desire and determination to see them advanced to the utmost led more than anything else to the act which seems to us so cruel and could he suppose that i would have blood wrung from my poor people that a few more dollars might find their way into my purse she cried in indignant sorrow and anger. "'Oh, Papa, I am not so cruel. You know I am not.' "'Yes, my darling, I know you have a very tender, loving heart. But what shall I do with Spriggs?' "'For to-night, express your sentiments and feelings on the subject as calmly and moderately as you can, and enjoin it upon him to act in accordance with them. Then we may consider at our leisure what further measures can be taken.' "'Papa, you are so much wiser and better than I,' she said with loving admiration. "'I'm afraid if you had not been here to advise me, I should have sent him away at once, with never a thought of crops or anything except securing my people from his cruelties.' "'You should never allow yourself to act for mere impulse, except it be unquestionably a right one, and the case admitting of no time for deliberation. "'As to my superior wisdom,' he added with a smile, "'I have lived some years longer than you, and had more experience in the management of business matters.' I am very sorry, my darling, that the pleasure of your return to the home of your infancy should be so marred. But you have scarcely taken a look yet at even this room. What do you think of it? She glanced about her with freshly aroused curiosity and interest. Papa, it is just to my taste. 
the firelight gleamed upon rare old cabinets gems of art in painting and statuary and rich massive well-preserved though old-fashioned sofas chairs tables etc but it was already growing dark deep shadows were gathering in the more distant parts of the spacious apartment and only near the fire could objects be distinctly seen elsie was about to ring for lights when sarah the mulatto girl appeared bringing them chloe following close in the rear have you fires and lights in the library the dining-room and your master's rooms in mine inquired elsie de fire is lit miss elsie then add lights at once and put them in all the principal rooms of the house we will have an illumination in honour of our arrival papa she said in a sprightly tone turning to him with one of her sweetest smiles and besides i want to see the whole house now are you not too much fatigued daughter and would it not be better to defer it till to-morrow i don't think i'm too tired papa but if you forbid me no i don't forbid or even advise if you are sure you feel equal to the exertion thank you sir i think i'll be better able to sleep if i've seen at least the most of it old memories are troubling me and i want to see how far they are correct you will go with me certainly he said giving her his arm but while the servants are obeying your order in regard to the lights let us examine these paintings more attentively they will repay close scrutiny for some of them are by the first masters your grandfather grayson seems to have been a man of cultivated taste as well as great business talent yes papa what is it mammy does you want me darlin no not now go and enjoy yourself with your husband and old friends chloe expressed her grateful thanks and withdrew elsie found the paintings and statuary a study and had scarcely finished her survey of the drawing-room and its treasures of art when aunt phyllis came to ask if they would have tea served up immediately elsie looked at her father yes he said you will feel stronger after eating and it is about our usual time then let us have it aunt phyllis how is that poor creature now asked her young mistress Sue's a honey oh she'll do well enough don't do her no harm to take some of de lazy blood out massa spriggs not so terrible cross miss elsie but he bound to work get done and susie she mighty powerful lazy just set in de sun and do nothing from morning to night if nobody round to make her work ah that is very bad we must try to reform her in some way but perhaps she's not well dunno missus she's always plainin up de misery in her back and misery in her head but don't every one have a misery some kind most days and go on workin all de same no missus susie she powerful lazy old nigger with that phyllis retired and shortly after tea was announced as ready elsie played the part of hostess to perfection presiding over the tea-urn with ease and grace and pressing upon her father the numerous dainties with which the table was loaded she seemed to have recovered her spirits and as she sat there gaily chatting of the room which pleased her as entirely as the other and of her plans for usefulness and pleasure during her stay he thought he had never seen her look happier or more beautiful what rooms have you prepared for your mistress aunt phyllis asked mr dinsmore as they rose from the table the same where she was born master and where her dear breast and ma stay when she livin here a slight shadow stole over elsie's bright face that was right she said low and softly i should prefer them to any others but where are papa's rooms just across the hall miss elsie that is a good arrangement said mr dinsmore now daughter i think we should repair to the library it is near the hour you appointed for mr spriggs just as handsome as tastefully appropriately and luxuriously furnished as the others was elsie's comment on the library i seem to see the same hand everywhere yes and it is the same all over the house replied her father the books here will delight you for a private library it is a very fine one containing many hundred volumes as you may see at a glance standard works on history and the arts and sciences biographies travels works of reference the works of best poets novelists etc 
Ah, uh, how we will enjoy them while here! But it seems a sad pity they should have lain on those shelves unused for so many years. Not entirely, my child. I have enjoyed them in my brief visits to the plantation, and have always allowed the overseer free access to them, on the single condition that they should be handled with care, and each returned promptly to its proper place when done with. But come, take this easy chair by this table. Here are some fine engravings I want you to look at. Elsie obeyed, but had scarcely seated herself when the door was thrown open and a servant's voice announced, "'Massa Spriggs, Massa Dinsmore, Miss Elsie.' Spriggs, a tall, broad-shouldered, powerfully built man, with dark hair and beard, and a small, clean, black eye, came forward with a bold, free air, and a "'Good even, Miss, good even, sir,' adding, as he helped himself to a seat without waiting for an invitation, "'Well, here I am, and I suppose you've something to say, or you wouldn't have appointed the meeting.' "'Yes, Mr. Spriggs,' said Elsie, folding her pretty hands in her lap, and looking steadily and coldly into his brazen face. "'I have this to say, that I entirely disapprove of flogging, and will have none of it on the estate. I hope you understand me.' "'That's plain English and easy understood, Miss Dinsmore, and Dinsmore, and of course you have a right to dictate in the matter. But I tell you what, these darkies of yours are a dreadful lazy set, especially that Susie, and it's mighty hard for folks that's been used to seeing things done up spick and span and smart to put up with it.' but some amount of patience with the natural slowness of the negro is a necessary trait in the character of an overseer who wishes to remain in my employ well miss i always calculate to do the very best i can by my employers and when you come to look round the estate i guess you'll find things in prime order but i couldn't have done it without letting the darkins know they'd got to toe the mark right straight they must attend to the work of course and if they won't do so willingly must under compulsion but there are milder measures than this brutal flogging what do you prescribe, Miss Dinsmore? Deprive them of some privilege, or lock them up on bread and water for a few days, Elsie answered, then turned an appealing look upon her father, who had as yet played the part of a mere listener. I have never allowed any flogging on my estate, he observed, addressing Spriggs, and I cannot think it at all necessary. There was a moment of silence, Spriggs sitting looking into the fire, a half-smile playing about his lips, then turning to Elsie. I thought, Miss, you'd a mind this evening to dismiss me on the spot he remarked inquiringly. She flushed slightly, but replied with dignity, "'If you will comply with my directions, sir, pledging yourself never again to be so cruel, I have no desire to dismiss you from my service.' "'All right, then, miss, I promise, and shall still do the best I can for your interests. But if they suffer because I'm forbidden to use the lash, please remember it's not my fault.' "'I'm willing to take the risk,' she answered, intimating with the motion of her hand that she considered the interview at an end, whereupon he rose and bowed himself out. "'Now, Papa, for our tour of inspection,' she cried gaily, rising as she spoke, and ringing for a servant to carry the light. "'But first, please tell me if I was sufficiently moderate.' "'You did very well,' he answered, smiling. "'You take to the role of mistress much more naturally than I expected.' "'Yet it does seem very odd to me to be giving orders while you sit by a mere looker-on. But, dear Papa, please remember I am still your own child, and ready to submit to your authority whenever you see fit to exert it.' "'I know it, my darling.' he said, passing an arm about her waist, as they stood together in front of the fire, and gazing fondly down into the sweet, fair face. Aunt Chloe answered the bell, bringing a lamp in her hand. "'That is right, Mammy,' Elsie said. "'Now lead the way over the house.' As they passed from room to room, and from one spacious hall or corridor to another, Elsie expressed her entire satisfaction with them and their appointments, and accorded to Aunt Phyllis the meed of praise due her careful housekeeping." "'And here, my darling,' Mr. Dinsmore said at length, leading the way through a beautiful boudoir and dressing-room into an equally elegant and attractive bedroom beyond. "'They tell me you were born, and your beloved mother passed from earth to heaven.' 
and everton in de room stands jist as they did den honey said aunt chloe and approaching the bed her eyes swimming in tears and laying her hand upon the pillow just here my precious young missus lie with cheeks most as white as de linen and eyes so big and bright and de lovely curls streamin all round and she say weak and low mammy bring me my baby den i put you in her arms darlin and she kiss you all over her tiny face and de tears and sobs come fast while she say poor little baby no father no mother to love her nobody but you mammy take her and bring her up to love de dear lord jesus silent tears rolled down elsie's cheeks as she looked and listened but her father drew her to his breast and kissed them away his own eyes brimming his heart too full for speech presently he led her back to the boudoir and showed her the portraits of her maternal grandparents and one of her mother taken at ten or twelve years of age what a lovely girl she was murmured elsie gazing lovingly upon it very much like what her daughter was at the same age he answered but come this too will interest you and lifting the lid of a dainty work-basket he pointed to a bit of embroidery in which the needle was still sticking as though it had been laid down by the deft fingers but a few moments ago elsie caught it up and kissed it thinking of the touch of those dear dead fingers that seemed to linger over it yet End of chapter six recording by Jen Raimundo.